Welcome to the Dwelling in Truth podcast. I'm your host, Angela Evans. Okay, you guys, today's episode was so good. I am so excited for you to meet and learn from our guest today, Carrie Siegel. Carrie is a licensed marriage and family therapist and mom to three and a half year old Colin and seven year old Kaylee. Carrie has so much insight to offer as a mom to a school age kiddo with autism and all of her years of experience working with children and families and mental health. At the time of this interview, we are experiencing the worldwide COVID pandemic. I asked Carrie a lot of questions about how we can successfully navigate this hard time and preserve everyone's mental health as a family. Carrie speaks to so many emotions we're feeling right now and gives very practical strategies to help us get through this time. But honestly, you guys, everything we talk about is so applicable for life, no matter the season we're in. We cover everything from structuring our days to help set our kiddos up for success behaviorally, dealing with mom guilt and overwhelm, what to do when your kids are grumpy and so are you, and how to help kids and ourselves reset and regulate our emotions. We talk communication strategies to keep the peace with our spouses and our children, and we talk about trusting God in the midst of uncertainty. Guys, this episode is so packed and I want to get right to it. Here's my conversation with Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for being with us today. Hi, Angela. How are you? Good. We're doing good. So um, does life look a little bit different for you guys now with everything that's been going on in the world? Yeah, I would say life has been pretty flipped upside down. Um, you know, we were one of those families that for the most part, um, by 830, everybody was out the door and going to their place where they were either learning or um, going to work. And, you know, most of our meals, I felt like Monday through Friday were quick meals before a swim practice or um, before therapy. And um, so it's just been very interesting to be home, but still trying to do um, our businesses and to still educate our kids um, and really starting to realize just how many people pour into our family um, especially into our children. Oh yeah, definitely. You don't even like realize it until it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I can definitely really, cause my husband and I both work jobs where it involves both of us talking to a lot of people throughout the day. And so now we're both working from home and we're both on video calls pretty much back to back throughout the day. So with our little 18 month old running around and demanding our attention, she doesn't quite understand that we're both working <laughs> right so, they don't they don't really follow the please keep out signs very no, well she doesn't <laughs> <laughs> not quite um yeah we've had to have a lot of conversations like each day about how to make our new normal work for us right now um and I'm sure with some of your clients you're starting to have some of those conversations too yeah so I don't have a, a kiddo in school yet but I've talked to a lot of moms lately to know that a lot of families are starting to struggle with this, like navigating the whole homeschool e-learning thing. Um, you guys are kind of doing that, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously with a three and a half year old, the pressure to learn anything on a curriculum is not really on my radar at this point, but um, for our daughter who kindergarten was kind of a challenge for her. And then we kind of have gotten into a good group for first grade. Um, for us trying to do uh, homeschool when homeschool was never really something that I have really even contemplated um, mm -hmm. has been 
it's been a challenge, right? You know, if you had a six month time span to plan for it, for your family to pick out a curriculum, to <laughs> buy tools and supplies and to organize space to do that, um, it would probably be a lot easier. But most of us, I think we're kind of just thrown into this uh, you know, in our district, it was like the Thursday and then they had, they were going to school on Friday and picking up their tablets and their supplies. And then starting Monday, they were going into five days of e-learning. Yep. So yeah, we had like the weekend, the weekend to freak out, get groceries, get mm -hmm. stuff. And, you know, honestly, um, I guess we're just blessed in that. I think my kids have a lot of stuff um, that we don't really use very much because we're so busy um, during the school year. I think during the summer they get to play puzzles and, and board games. But I think for us, we're usually just people who are out. We're at, you know, um, my daughter swims competitively nine months out of the year and we go to concerts and movies and we like to shop and go out to eat. And so <laughs> there's all this stuff that we don't do in the house um, that we can no longer do. But we also have all of these really great resources at home that I think most of us have forgotten that we have or, you know, it's like, oh, we should play a board game, but oh, we don't have time. And well, we don't really have time now. <laughs> I know those board games that sit gathering dust or suddenly <laughs> they're so much more interesting now. Well, they are of necessity, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So have you guys found anything in the last couple days even just to be helpful for you establishing some new routines or rhythms um, anything you've been talking with your clients about in that regard yeah I mean so I work ironically with a lot of families who have kids who've either been adopted or have autism or have some other kind of mental health condition maybe it's just ADHD or anxiety and yeah. you know for most kids structure and routine are important. Um, but for our kids, they're pretty essential. So um, Sunday, before we even started e-learning, I sat down at the table with some markers and I just said to my daughter, you know, I want this mom school to feel much like your class, your first grade class. And so tell me a bit about what staples in your day do you do you look forward to or do you need and what order do we want to do these things in because you know the teachers are kind of giving us these blanket outlines of you know here's the writing activity the math activity mm -hmm. and so on and so forth but there was a lot of space in between i mean really e-learning for most schools takes 90 minutes a day mm -hmm. and when you're sitting at home for 24 hours a day 90 minutes is really just a small component so right. you know for us a schedule was was initially something that if we needed it and we just kind of felt like the wheels were coming off the hinges this this structure kind of gives us a life raft from which that we can you know I've kind of put things that she enjoys throughout the day but then I've also put things that are not really preferred tasks you know mm -hmm. like my kids hate brushing their teeth and getting ready but if I can kind of dangle that we'll watch a a morning youtube show um like a clip of some kind to get them excited to get them motivated um so even though they're not leaving the house on time or at a certain time we're still keeping a time getting through those non-preferred so that we can get mm -hmm. to the stuff that we want um mm -hmm. 
I think weather, when the days have been nicer, I can definitely see that when we're able to do a recess or outside playtime that um, everybody's mood is just a lot better. So we, if, if it's nice and sunny, we will hijack our whole routine mm-hmm. and go play outside, right? Yes, I know. I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. And then I have some clients that like, they, this is like something that they've always wanted. I have kids that are just very high strung kids. And so to only have 90 minutes of school a day Mm -hmm. and to be able to do things that they enjoy, like read for the first time, Mm -hmm. I have told those families that at least for the first week or two to just pretend like you are on spring break, you are having Mm -hmm. that staycation, you are eating the foods you want to eat, you are relaxing, you're exercising um, in fun and recreational ways. And if you want to stay up late and watch movies, or if you want to, you know, read or play Minecraft for 10 hours, that maybe you allow a week of time and space for everybody to kind of recalibrate and do that. Some of my families were actually on spring break um, this past week. So for them, they didn't have e-learning. I think that's kind of the big, you know, contending factor of what do we do at this time and how do we do it is are we being driven by some external force like work and school to create Mm -hmm. some sort of structure in our household. Right. So I, I also work with um, a lot of families where their kiddos are um, having behavioral challenges in school or struggling with some mental health issues. Um, So and just talking with some of them as well, like um, I think there's this pressure to recreate school in the exact format and schedule and length of the day that it is normally. And uh, like, do you think it's okay if families are not able to recreate that? And I I just, I'm sensing a lot of pressure is there and like these guilty feelings of like, Oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be ready for the fall or I don't know. What are your thoughts on some of that? Well, I think the reality is that all of our kids are not going to get what they need this spring. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that districts kind of take that into consideration already, but right. I'm kind of in that same boat. You know, I've got a kid who reading level wise was just barely making it at the beginning of the school year. And then this year, because we've done a lot of things differently, has finally gotten a, 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 above the curve of where she needs to be. And so, you know, we were finally just able to breathe again. And so the first day I really did feel like, oh my gosh, I have to recreate all the specials, all the reading time, all the everything. And then mm-hmm. realizing that I can't do that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Not only was I kind of burning out because, you know, you forget the fact that they have lunch ladies and they have people that are doing yeah. a sensory break. So her oh, teacher you're the can, lunch lady. <laughs> right. I'm the lunch lady. I'm her aide. I am the right. special ed. I'm the OT. I'm the fill in the blank. And so for some special needs families, um, you know, and then you've got other little ones that they, they're not in uh, a school age routine yet. And so they want attention and they want the things that they need. Mm. And it really was kind of just finding this delicate balance of, you know, that maybe your sensory break can be something that is like child centered and child led rather than mm-hmm. a grown up doing a set list of exercises. Mm-hmm. And it is trial and error. I mean, certainly going on a family walk um, might be the recipe for success for the day to get everybody focused and get all their wiggles out. Yeah. But if it's raining, 
then we might have to allow the kids to run around and do some things that maybe we wouldn't do in the house just to get what we need. Um, mm -hmm. And so every day is different. And I think kind of checking in with those kids about like, what, what do they need to get done? I had a family um, actually that were just friends that their son struggles a lot emotionally. Mm -hmm. And one morning just kind of woke up and was feeling the punch of missing friends and being sad and just was really grumpy and irritable. And she just said, you know what? I'm grumpy and irritable too. Let's just take the morning off and we'll try to get back at it this afternoon. And they ended up, I think, doing schoolwork later in the day, like maybe right before dinner time. Mm -hmm. And she said, that's what they needed that day. Yeah. Um, so I think as people get through this, realizing like some of these kids may need a structure and they may find that we're thriving by doing these 10 activities all in a row. Right. Um, other kids, I think we're going to have to check in with them. And if they're getting grumpy and irritable or they're unfocused, yeah. um, then we have to switch it up. And, you know, I think that that means you have to trust your mom intuition, trust your gut about like if my kids are melting down, what's the missing piece? Do they need a snack? Do they need to go play? Do they need a nap? Um, we've, we've started doing quiet time again with our oldest one because our youngest is taking a nap. And mm -hmm. I find that she wasn't getting it at school, but it's actually very resetting for her. And it might be that she's getting to watch something on a tablet or maybe she's reading and, um, you know, looking at books in a room or coloring. But it was just kind of a time she's very introverted. Um, for her to have alone time and mm -hmm. to really focus back in on herself. And then I find the rest of our evening goes better when we all have that. Yeah, that's so good. One thing we have been sharing with our families is, um, I'm sure you're probably familiar with it, but the five point scale, mm -hmm. um, just um, so it's like starts down at green. Green is like, I'm doing I'm okay. okay. I'm okay. Ready to learn. Yeah. Ready to learn. And then it moves up like yellow, orange, like the emotions are getting a little stronger. Like I'm not doing as well. I'm maybe feeling a little frustrated. And then red is like at the five is like red. I'm angry. Um, so I think even having like a five point scale and like putting it on your refrigerator and you can talk it talk through with your kids about like, how are you feeling? Like mm -hmm. do we need to make some adjustments or use it for yourself. Like, how am I feeling? <laughs> um, do I need to take a break? So, um, yeah, I think absolutely. It, it's also an opportunity for us to just work on our emotional skills and like kids can learn to identify their feelings, which is a really important life skill moving forward. So, yeah. And a lot of those tools were already uh, available to families. Um, I think Pinterest is probably the easiest way to find things like that. Right. Um, there are so many great resources online. And I think sometimes it feels very overwhelming as a mom um, in this season of life where we were not preparing for this to feel like we need to gather all these resources or, oh, we didn't draw with the doodle guy at noon. And <laughs> Oh, there were three zoo uh, chats that I missed. I know. <laughs> and, and so I think like figuring out what are your kids really drawn to, but I know some people use those five point scales and there's like superhero scales or Legos five point scales. Mm -hmm. um, so even finding one that your kids like and printing it off if you have a printer or, you know, trying to recreate it with construction paper. 
yeah, can be a great way to get your hands on these kind of tangible tools. Yeah. Because we're all going to be doing this, it sounds like, for at least several more weeks. Mm-hmm, definitely. And even if you don't create something, just checking in and being mm-hmm. like, how are you doing? Like, do we need to take a break and do something different? And just like listening to one another. Yep. I use, I have kids use the thumbs up, thumbs down scale and they can kind of, you know, rotate there. And this is something even little tiny people can do, right? You know, maybe I can't identify that I'm feeling a five out of five, but I can tell you if I'm good or if I'm bad or my thumb somewhere in between. And I don't have to use any words. Mm, um, That's really good. To communicate that. So that can be another helpful strategy that, you know, I think just saying, are we good or are we not so good right now? Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by our sister company, Story Art Co. Story Art Co. designs beautiful handmade prints and canvases for wall decor to display your family's most precious memories. Okay, so have you ever seen that pin on Pinterest where someone took their grandmother's handwritten recipe and had it blown up into this beautiful piece of art to hang on their wall? Story Art Co. does just that. We take a cherished handwritten letter or recipe from a loved one and create a replica of it on canvas or print. The pieces look so beautiful because they are cleaned up with sharp black lettering contrasted on a crisp white background. You can choose from a variety of sizes and whether you want it on canvas or print to frame. It seriously makes the most unique gift you can give someone that they will treasure forever. Story Art Co. also makes beautiful name signs with children's names and meanings or wedding vows designed in a way to match the decor of the room. Story Art Co. is your go-to shop if you're looking for a unique custom gift for a loved one or yourself that'll be cherished forever. And just for you, our podcast listeners, you can use the coupon code PODCAST15 for 15% off your order of custom wall art. Again, that's PODCAST15. You can find Story Art Co. online at etsy.com backslash shop backslash Story Art Co. or in the show notes. Give yourself or a loved one the gift of a memory preserved as with beautiful wall art. And now back to our conversation with Carrie. So I want to just go a little bit deeper on that because I know a lot of families are just feeling the stress right now with some different changes and it has the impact to really, or it has the potential to really impact our relationships with one another in our household. So are there other ways you think that we could keep the peace with our kids and our husbands during this time and like grow in our marriages and relationships with one another? Sure. I think the thing that I see people trying to do, um, I think especially families that have younger kids is they're not remembering the self care portion of things. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're trying to get everybody for the movie night and everybody to play this game and everybody you know, to have all these meals together and then remembering how much time that we maybe when we were able to go to our own spaces and places, Mm -hmm. um, we're doing self-care. So moms who are no longer going to the gym need to, you know, find a quiet room to go do their workout video. And, you know, dads who were walking the dog by themselves in the morning, they don't have to walk the dog with the kids now so that we're always together. I think you know, some of this is depending on how introverted or extroverted your your children and yourselves are, is that we all have to kind of check in with each other and see, yeah. you know, how much time do I need by myself to recharge my own batteries, whether that be reading a book or going outside alone or working out. Um, 
even just eating, you know, like if your kid wants to watch a movie down the basement and, and have a snack and maybe that you're not even talking to them and everybody's okay with that, you know, it doesn't have to be 12 hours of enrichment um, to be together. And that might keep the peace if we kind of create intentional spaces. I have some families that um, they're just so sweet and precious. They have, you know, like a game night where every night they're doing one board game off their shelf that maybe they have not played in years. Or maybe I have one family that's playing Euchre every single night with teenage kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and their kids love it. Um, they're looking forward to it and they're really enjoying that time together. But there are families that were having conflict before um, this quarantine and to be stuck at home alone and to never be able to leave and to never be able to get a break from each other is actually causing more conflict in the families. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been telling families, please don't feel like you have to have this leave it to beaver um, cookie cutter mold to get through the day. Um, yeah. Not everybody operates on cruise ship mode or summer camp mode some families are actually going to do better if they try to just be themselves and, you know, do what they were doing in a modified version at home. That's so good. Yeah. Cause I think there's that pressure to like, Oh my gosh, I have, everything has to change now, but I think some normalcy just keeping things the way they are the best that you can is also really healthy. So. Yeah. I mean, I think especially for teenagers, um, their lives have literally been flipped upside upside down by not being able to be with friends. Um, So I'm really encouraging teenagers to use their technology in a way to connect themselves with other people. And for parents to say like, you know, help your teenager set up a zoom call with their friends from school, help them to get on um, any form of technology if, if they don't know how to do it already, or if you're using those same kind of telecommunication tools for work, you know, after the business day is over, you know, setting up those, those opportunities for their friends and them. I know a lot of teachers are doing that, but I think especially like older kids, as they want to talk about, you know, what's relevant to them um, and not be with a teacher or an adult that allows them to still have that autonomy um, and age appropriate connection with their peers that they, they, that they need. So Another thing that I was just thinking about is um, in regards to just communication because of everybody having their different feelings and are there strategies we can use to communicate well with one another during this time? I mean, I think the problem is that, you know, we have so much communication that probably is happening that wasn't happening before. (laughs) Right. You know, you probably talked about every topic under the sun and it's like we're over communicating. Right. And so, you know, um, I've had parents say like, you know, I want this structure, you know, I'd like to do family dinners or I'd like to do all these things, you know, getting input with your kids now that this is their new normal of like, what are their thoughts about that? What would their preferences be? Um, you know, and having, I, I suggested to most families to have a family meeting for some of us, it was our session this week. Um, of everybody was kind of sitting at the kitchen table, meeting with me with telehealth. And we we're just kind of saying like, what is this new normal going to look like? And I think on Tuesday, many of them were still in denial that this would go much past spring break. By Thursday, as the mayor had, or the governor had announced that we were going to be, you know, home for several weeks more, 
I think it, the reality started to set in for a lot of teenagers and um, older elementary kids that, oh my goodness, I'm not going back to school right away. Um, and so this whole hide in my bedroom or just do what I want is not going to work for the long term. Right. Um, so that's where like having a family meeting, sitting down and, you know, having either dinner together, some snacks and just saying like, hey, what can we do to kind of create a normal? How do we get chores done? You know, people are telling you their trash cans are overflowing because we're, we're not used to making three meals a day at home. <laughs> how do we work together to get stuff done? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, when are we going to spend time together and what's that expectation? Cause I think for a lot of teenagers, they would just prefer to just stay in the room the whole time. Um, yeah. some of them, right. And then others of them are super, super needy right now. And parents are saying, I've got to work. I can't hang out with people mm-hmm. all day. So, um, maybe the logistics, right. Of like when we're going to do this. And some of it is like, it's okay to text your teenager and say, Hey, you know, can you come down for dinner tonight? I haven't seen you all day. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, having people kind of come together for pieces of time and maybe there's some startup conversations um, and see where they, they lead, right? Like um, what was everybody's highs and lows to the day or. Like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that in the conversations I've had with different people and what I've seen on social media so far is that there's a lot of people experiencing a range of different emotions or their experiences are sure. just very different. Like some, some women I've talked to are stay at home moms and they don't really feel like it's impacted their day to day. But then there's other families who are really dealing with serious complications like job layoffs and mm-hmm. the new homeschool situations. Maybe they're fearing for the health of a loved one. Um, so there's a lot of like, I think there's a range of emotions going on. Um, would, what would you say are some strategies that can help us personally to navigate this time well and protect our mental health? Um, like specific strategies or ways to cope emotionally? Yeah, I mean, so I think there is the hard part is everybody's on their phones, right? And so, you know, we're bored. What do we do when we're bored? We look at our phone. And what do we look at when we see on our phone? I mean, it's, you know, Facebook and Mm-hmm. I think it's probably in particular, um, you know, there's just so much news being sent yeah. our way, death counts, and look what's happening in this country. And I think for those people who have anxiety and depression, especially, this can feel very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, for people who are already making it day to day, maybe it's a new mom who felt really isolated, but was looking forward to going to mop on a mm-hmm. certain day of the week, and now she can't right. do that. Um, so. I think what I have been encouraging people to do is to think about what does self-care mean, but what does self-care mean in terms of um, maybe what are the things that you don't have in your life? So, um, for example, my husband is a financial planner and his anxiety is through the roof. He's just dealing with people calling all day about their portfolio. And so what used to be... um, his morning routine was to listen to podcasts of what were trends and market stuff going on. And he can no longer do that. He just says it starts off the day very poorly. So he switched to listening to music when he's getting ready for work in the morning. So that's a small change of, you know, this protection of giving myself less information 
um, that sometimes less is more. And so, you know, like figuring out, are we gonna, if we watch the news every night, is that something that we're going to put on the TV? Um, I know for our family, we've chosen to not watch the news with our children because they're very young. Um, so seeing people with ventilators, um, people going out in caskets, things like that, it's just not appropriate for young children to be bombarded with those images. Um, so w even on our phones, like we, we just don't choose to play those videos during the day. That's something that like before they wake up or during nap time or before we go to bed, that might be something we check in on. Um, but that overall, it's Disney Junior, it's, um, you know, it's Nick Junior, it's age appropriate information that they're getting into their lives. Mm -hmm. um, so that we're not just breeding and festering panic. I've had a lot of moms tell me they've broke down crying this week, just feeling really overwhelmed. Yeah. And, you know, those are those moments where like, if your spouse is home, or you have another family member that's home, please tag each other and give each other those breaks to relieve stress, to release emotion, um, because our little ones pick up on that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a time and a season where everyone is stressed. Um, and we have to do the best we can to take care of each other. And sometimes taking care of each other might be dad um, doing a bottle feed, because mom is just really overwhelmed. She's not sleeping well. And so instead of her nursing, Maybe, you know, if she baby was used to doing bottles at the daycare that maybe she goes upstairs and takes a shower and pumps and dad does a bottle feed. Um, those could be just small examples of where if people are feeling overwhelmed that they can, you know, use those different coping skills to kind of build those into your day as a routine. Like we're just going to need to learn to cope. So if that's exercise, you know, um, asking husband, hey, every morning at seven, can I, you know, can you just make sure everybody is okay so that I can go downstairs and do my exercise or to go run? Um, I'm kind of encouraging people to have quiet time, whether that be a devotional that you're doing to just recenter yeah. um, or to meet with those girls that were maybe in your MOPS group or your Bible study group and still check in with each other, stay in the study that you were doing. Mm -hmm. um, it's not any more or less relevant just because you're at home and you can't leave. In fact, it's probably more relevant um, mm -hmm. for your mental health to stick with those routines that you had before. We just might have to rely on each other as adults a little bit more to cover the kids. Or maybe you allow your kid to watch a show in the morning, even though you never let them before, so that you can keep doing the self-care things that you need to do. That's really good. So if someone is feeling overwhelmed, is there a specific like coping strategy that you would recommend? Um, there is a great app um, on, on iPhone. I think there's, it's also on Android. There is the one minute pause, um, kind of working to help people have some mindfulness and to just slow the body and to kind of do some deep breathing and grounding. Um, there's other grounding exercises and deep breathing exercises on YouTube. Um, for most of us, this kind of sense of panic and feeling overwhelmed, maybe even panic attacks would probably be best served by doing those kind of slowing and grounding exercises and just kind of getting your body regulated again. Um, not having your thinking go 90 miles an hour, but to just kind of focus on something 
um, neutral or, you know, trying to get your brain to be still and slow the thought. And the more that we do that throughout the day, we regulate our heart rate, our, you know, our body temperature, our blood pressure. Um, and that overall kind of keeps the body from then getting to the place where it feels like it's going into a panic attack or feeling mm -hmm. like it's really overwhelmed and you cry or feeling like you can't fall asleep because your mind is racing. And some of that could be done like a breath prayer, you know, God just helped me to um, be patient right now, um, help me to see the silver lining in this, whatever that might be to just kind of get your mind out of that negative tailspin and yeah. to get focused back in on like the direction you're trying to go. Yeah, that's good. I've used breath prayers before, like where you breathe in and then when you breathe out, you say it as well, or you think it as well, or whatever mm -hmm. it is that is um, reassuring to you from scripture. Um, another thing I've used is the Abide app. Um, are you familiar with that one? No. It's really good. Um, in times that I've struggled with anxiety a lot, I, it's you can just turn it on and somebody, you can pick a topic. So if you're struggling with anxiety, then it has verses that someone reads over you and it's really calming. There's like, you can choose music or water in the background and you can just awesome. like lay in your bed and listen to it. And it's like truth being read over you. So I've really loved that. Um, I know that some, <laughs> a lot of these events are creating um, feelings of like doubt in God or feeling like we can't trust him or his plan. Um, what would you say, and I know you're not a pastor, but just from a, a therapist perspective, like how can we turn to God, even if we are having these feelings like he's not trustworthy, how can we turn to him? You know, I think the enemy does a really good job of whispering thoughts like that to us mm -hmm. um, in these times of uncertainty. And, you know, for some of us, um, discerning what is truth is so very important. Um, so I found that some people, you know, actually need some scriptures right now about, you know, God's provision or um, not worrying or who God's character really is um, to just remind ourselves that God didn't create the coronavirus. God is in no way um, like wreaking havoc upon us as humanity. Right. It is, God is going to use the coronavirus um, and other hard things that we go through in life to show himself and shine through um, to help us in our, in our spaces of greatest need. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's not, it's, it's more about getting back to the true foundation and theology of who God really is, his personhood, mm -hmm. his nature. Um, you know, and some of that is something that we're going to actually have to fight. It's a battle of the mind that mm -hmm. we have to take up that sword of, of righteousness and rely on the belt of truth and, mm -hmm. you know, just cover ourselves in what is really, um, real and authentic about God's character, not just what it feels like. Um, yeah. As a therapist, it's funny that I tell people, like, your feelings are not always true. Right. Sometimes your feelings are your your perception, but your perception can be wrong. That's so perception, good. Perception, 
your perception can be fear, your perception can be uh, loneliness, your perception can be feeling, um, you know, personalized and persecuted. And the God of the universe um, is, is not one who is ever going to attack you. And so getting out of your own head and your own emotions during these times, when you see yourself spiraling, when you can't get your mind off that topic, when you're just saying, why God, why me, why this, why that? Mm. Um, I think it's an invitation to, to check yourself before you wreck yourself <laughs> and, and say like, you know what, these feelings are really kind of hijacking my airplane. And how do I, how do I hijack them back? And, for some of that, us, just the awareness that we're going down that path is enough to kind of get a hold of ourselves and steer the plane back where it needs to go. For other people, we might have to put it on autopilot for a minute and go seek out, you know, truth so that we can get out of our own emotions. That's so good. Yeah, I've started reading Jenny Allen's new book, um, Get Out of Your Head. And she talks about that concept of how a single thought can, like, send us into a spiral downward, um, just a single thought. <laughs> so taking our thoughts captive can really like rewire our brains in a way that like points us back to God and fixates us on truth. And absolutely, someone told me this week that the enemy is chaos and Jesus is peace and rest. So mm -hmm. just that really stuck with me, just keeping in mind that, God is not chaos and God is not confusion. He's peace and rest. So I think that has been one thought that's really just going back to that thought continually and remembering like that's who he is, um, has been really helpful. So yeah, well, thank you, Carrie, for sharing with us all of your expertise today. And I just really appreciate everything you have to offer in regards to marriage and families and, it's just really helpful for me too to hear all those things. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not an easy situation. There's no guidebook on doing it correctly. I think the biggest thing is stay calm mm. and carry on. You know, we've got to figure out a way to get back to the solid foundation and truth that, like, God's got this. Yeah. Um, he's got a plan for our families, He's got a plan for us. And, you know, I think in every biblical story where you see a natural disaster or, or a, a plague of some kind or, mm -hmm. you know, he's there and the sun shines again, the rain stops, the rainbows come out and his hope and his mercy is new every morning. And, you know, I think that a lot of bad things are happening in our world, but I don't feel like God ever intended for us to know every bad thing that is happening all at one time. And so, you know, just guarding your heart right now um, and being intentional about what you open yourself up to is going to be really important for women um, right now. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Carrie, would you be willing to pray over the moms who are listening? Sure. Um, Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you've provided this space um, with Angela and Dwelling in Truth um, for women to connect and to know that you are with them, um, even when they are sitting on their couch very much with just their children and they might feel alone. 
God, I just lift up these women to you to give them courage and to give them strength in a time that feels chaotic and anxious. Um, I pray that you allow their hearts to feel a sense of peace and that their purpose with their homes and their children remains the same, that we are to love our kids right now, we are to teach our kids truth right now, and we are to be an example to our children um, and our husband to just rely on Jesus in this hard season instead of listening to the enemy. God, I just lift up these women to you, and I pray um, that you would continue to use this ministry to touch their hearts. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, Carrie.